Hello everybody, this is Leif and I have this amazing privilege to have my friend Blake Healy. Uh, Blake Healy has just written a book called Profound Good, which is uh, it's, it's just an amazing book that I had the joy of doing the endorsement. Some of you maybe know The Veil, which is a book that uh, I'm hearing more and more story. Actually, I was just both in uh, Holland as well as in Switzerland and people were just talking about, do you know Blake Healy? And I realized actually that this message is actually spreading throughout the world. And But I realized many people in our family are not aware of uh, Blake Healy. Uh, they are not aware about our relationship but also the gift that he has and how this can add value. So I felt it was important to do a podcast with a very purpose to be able to get this very message out because I think that all of us have a hunger to be able to see more, uh, but also to do it from a perspective, knowing that, uh, <laughs> that we have a good, good Papa and that we are loved by him. That's the essence of the alignment before we start the assignment. So Blake, uh, it's good for you to be here. And uh, just tell me a little bit about the, what is the background behind this book? Or a little bit about yourself first. Yeah, yeah, no, really excited to get to be here and get to spend time with you guys. I am, um, yeah, just to give a little bit of a framework for anyone who's not familiar with, with any, of, any of my work. Um, so a big part of my testimony is that um, from a very young age, actually as far back as I can remember, I've, I've seen in the spirit. And so even my, my first um, memories involve seeing angels and seeing demons and um, again, I see them uh, again ever since I was a little kid with my eyes, not so very differently from the way that I'm seeing you right now. And you know, my first book, The, the Veil, was very much about my journey of being a um, uh, growing up in a Christian family, but not necessarily a um, in a culture where where the gifts of the Spirit were really well understood. Mm -hmm. And how not until I um, was about 12 years old that I got into an environment where I learned about the prophetic and the different gifts of the Spirit, and finally had a context for the things that I was seeing and experiencing. And, um, you know, as I was kind of sharing, uh, you know, that first book was just all about my, my, my journey and inviting other people into kind of a similar journey. Um, with my second book, Pro Profound Good, a big, uh, I, I really wanted to, when it came down to it, uh, write a whole book to express one thing. Because I, you know, there's so much I love about seeing the Spirit. I love, you know, encouraging people with how heaven is partnering with the way that we worship, how... Um, how, you know, every time that we pray, something is released in the spirit, angels are activated, how, you know, all, all of these kinds of things. But the, the central thing over and over and over again, every time that I see in the spirit that, that, that comes out from, from every corner, from every aspect, from every side is just this, this, this invitation of a good God who wants us to know him, who wants us to know his ways, who wants us to, to be intimately aware of who he is and what he's doing. And so I, I wrote Profound Good. Again, it's, a, it's similar to my first book in that it's sharing a lot of stories about seeing the Spirit. There's also a lot of activations in how to, how to activate this gift for yourself. But again, to me, all of that is rooted in this grand invitation that we have from the Lord to know him and to know what he's doing. And that's beautiful. Uh, I think that we first met, 
I would say eight, nine years ago, because yeah. even before we moved here, uh, I, I did a couple of events as well as minister at Bethel Atlanta, which is uh, is your family and it's yeah. my family. So, yeah. so we belong to the same family and same community here. And uh, as I'm saying, I, I started to pick up very early and was one of the first one that was wise enough to say, hey, Blake, I want you to pray for me, the impartation. I'm hungry for more. Yeah. So uh, and, and I was just thinking about one story very quickly with... Uh, when I heard in South America about some people that I had encounter about seeing, I still remember I went down there and I met with people like Gary Oates and Casa Davi and Mike and some of these people who were seers. And mm-hmm. it was one of those things that I personally, because I, I said, I can't see, but all of them were seers. Mm-hmm. And they saw this angel showing up in the lobby and, and, and everybody was like, hey, did you see that angel? And I'm like, I can't see. Mm-hmm. And they said, yes, you can. I said, no, 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 I can't. And it just went back and forth. And they said, okay, Stop everybody. Leif, describe it. And I sat and just described in detail. It was nine foot. I described exactly how it looked like. And I said, but I still can't see. Mm-hmm. And it helped me to at least see that just even feeling, it's like a word of knowledge mm-hmm. that I was able to. I don't see myself as a seer, but I just realized even in the spirit, they're just connecting to the Father. I was able to describe something that all of them saw. Oh, so yeah. I'm just saying that I think that even for a lot of people that are out there, and I think that's what you do is you provide uh, some beautiful language because I would feeling like you could almost feel like a second class citizen when oh, you, sure. you went in a room with all these amazing people that all can see and I can't. What's wrong with me? <laughs> but then they were helping me just to say, I mean, just find out what what he has given you focusing on the father and then ask papa what is it that you are seeing right now what is actually taking place what is it that you have sent and that had an incredible encouragement to me and and also i had the joy of working with you for about a year year and a half you came to the office and we spent time together you actually helped me on some of the projects that we were working on so just tell me a little bit about how did you actually going about putting this together yeah, you know, it was it was really interesting because I with my first book it was it felt at least to me like structurally relatively simple because the main goal was I want to share my story and so that's just, you know, to share that as it was and then wanted to share at least a few different experiences from different parts of my experience of seeing the spirit that would invite people into it to a, a bigger understanding of how the spirit realm works. Now with with the second book it was a little bit more tricky because I I knew I wanted to share a lot of stories because that's really my favorite thing to do. Um, but I wanted all of them to point to a, a central truth, you know, the central truth of of how God is inviting us in to know Him. And you know, I'll just share one story briefly, just the, just uh, an example that I like to share that that feels like it connects with this idea. Because um, so, just for example, every every person I've ever met has a personal angel. They have an angel that that is with them all the time. That is there to to pray with them, to worship with them, to intercede for them, to partner with 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 what God's doing in their life, and this is again every person I've ever met. And you know, I had this thought one day, and it's not not didn't wasn't you know out of a negative heart, but just this question of like you know, hey, we we have the Holy Spirit, we we have a relationship with the Father, you know, we why do we need a personal angel? You know, I'm not saying I'm not grateful, of course, and and you know that's that's a good thing, but why? Why do we need that when we have access to God? And I was just having this thought, and the, the I felt like I started to get the answer to that to that question when when my first son was born. Hmm. Um, you know, uh, after my wife and I had been married for about a, about a year, we just uh, I remember we sat down together and decided, um, you know, I think it's time that we uh, started, you know, trying to get pregnant and let's start making a family. And 
I remember as soon as we made that decision, um, an angel walked into the room that was wearing uh, this kind of 1940s looking uh, nurse's outfit. Huh. And it, uh, it walked into the room and I, I was like, oh, I, you know, uh, I guess this is an angel that maybe like protects the pregnancy or, or something like that. And, you know, April, April had been an athlete in college. And so there was some uh, doctors had told her she's a really high level athlete and um, doctors had told her because of her athletic career that she might have a challenge having children and, you know, things like that. So different things had been spoken over her that she was concerned about. And so I thought, oh, maybe this is something that's like to protect that or to come against those those statements or, or whatever else, you know. So this angel followed around in the months that we were, you know, trying to get uh, pregnant. It was with April all the time. And then once um, April got uh, became pregnant, uh, the angel continued to follow her around. Um, and it did all nine months and it was in the car when we were racing to the hospital, you know, when the baby was born. And it was in the room the whole time that we... Um, that the, the birth was happening and you know then the, the baby was born our first son and um, you know April was holding him for the first time and the angel was, that same angel was standing there and then the moment came when um, you know the the doctor was gonna finish taking care of April and they had to do some you know checkups on the baby and so they took it to a little separate table in the room and so I walked you know to follow the baby just to just to you know be there um, and I noticed that this nurse angel followed the baby to the table I thought that's interesting. I thought this was like a pregnancy angel, you know, or a, or some kind of health angel or something like that. And you know, I thought, oh, maybe it's just making sure the baby's okay or something, you know. And so it it, but it followed the baby there. It followed the baby when they took it to other rooms for for tests, and it followed it all throughout that day. And so later that night, as we were, um, April was asleep and the baby was asleep in the little little bassinet right next to the hospital bed, and I was uh, trying to sleep, except they had a very uncomfortable futon in there. Um, for the for the husband and I um and I was I was laying there this angel was standing over the bed uh just looking down at at this baby and I could see this look of adoration in its eyes and I could feel that same kind of just love that deep love that was awakening for the first time in my heart just that love of a father you know and all of a sudden this this revelation came to me that oh you're not a pregnancy angel you're not a nurse angel you're his angel. Mm. You're his personal angel. Wow. And as I had that realization that this, that this personal angel had shown up the very moment that we decided to even start trying to have children, I had that question pop in my head one more time. Like, what's, what's the point of a, of a personal angel? And, um, and as I had that thought, uh, Hayden, my, my first son's angel, looked at me and said, what's wrong with the idea that the father just saw fit to assign someone whose main job is to love you for all of your life. Wow. And and again I just thought like ah oh, the angels that personal angels they pray for you, they intercede with you, they 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 protect you, but none of those feel like their main job. The truth is that their main job is just to love you for the entirety of your life. And it's things like that and stories like that this bit by bit with the way that the father does what he does it it reveals his nature again and again and again and this invitation to knowing that nature that is infinite so we'll never know all of it but to know more and more and more of it every day oh, it's so beautiful i was just thinking about so many of my own travel and journeys and 
just the advantage it would be to just if we are aware of that yeah even for people that are maybe not with their eyes able to see but just even to know like i was just in a hotel room in pakistan alone and all these horrific things was Mm -hmm. taking place no 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 i I know the holy spirit is there but even knowing that there is an angel there or when you're traveling or you're on the airport or airplane or the meetings are over i just got home (laughs) home from europe and to knowing there that night in the hotel when you're lonely uh, no you're not alone i have somebody there to love you how how can people that are out there how can they yeah, first of all, getting to know that angel that has mm-hmm. been sent. How can they be more aware of it? Is it an opportunity for them? Because I know most people say, oh, I'm not a seer. I know there are some mm-hmm. strange people out there. They see. <laughs> and then uh, should we run to Blake? And then uh, he lay hands on us. Or maybe just ask, can you describe the angel over me? And mm-hmm. I know several times you've done it for me. It's yeah. like I just ask you, hey, do you see something in the room? And you describe it. And it's been so faith-strengthening for me. Mm-hmm. But just what would be some of the practical tools? And I know that... <laughs> We can get that in a book, and I'm very grateful for that. But what would be some other things you would say to the listeners? Because I know every one of us have a desire for this. Oh, certainly. Yeah, and I I love your story that you shared earlier, just about you know other people were seeing some an angel with with their their eyes, and then you know they just kind of encouraged you, you know, oh, describe it, like put press in a little bit, you know, and you began to see, you know, again maybe in your mind's eye or in a vision or, or or in that kind of knower inside your heart and. I think it's the biggest number one thing I could say is, again, and you said this very, very well, is that there's not a second class anointing, you know, that all of us are built with different strengths. All of us are built with with different natural tendencies. You know, some people are natural athletes. Some people are natural artists. Some people are natural writers. Some people are natural speakers. You know, it's all. And then again, that's not to say that if you're not natural, that you can't grow and learn and and develop, of course, you know, in, in those areas. But um, it's just so important. I think that's one of the biggest tricks of the enemy is to, to, to try to devalue that little voice or that, that impression of, oh, I feel like, I feel like some, something heavenly is with me right now. Mm-hmm. And if I, my biggest encouragement is just to press in, mm-hmm. say, Holy Spirit, what, what is my personal angel doing right now? Yeah. Like, what's going on? And again, if, if the Holy Spirit can tell you what's, ha- what's coming in your future, if he can, if he can tell you about, about secrets and, 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 thing, and gold that he's deposited in your heart, then why, why couldn't he tell you mm. about, um, about what's going on in the spirit realm around you right now? And it's, um, the, the biggest encouragement is just, again, just simply ask the same way that you get a, get a vision or an impression or even a scripture that, that might just kind of unlock what's happening. Um, the biggest thing I tell people is, you know, it only makes sense that the first time that you try this, you might be a little bit uncertain. You might think, okay, is this just my idea or is this, you know, is this something else, you know? But it's um, the more that we have these conversations with the Holy Spirit, the more we say, Holy Spirit, what's happening in this room right now? Mm. Holy Spirit, what's going on in worship right now? Holy Spirit, I just felt a shift in your presence. You know, what's happening right now? And just invite that, that voice of what's going on. And I'll tell you, and you'll and again if you read, if you check out the books, you'll see so many of these stories. Even though I was seeing these things from a young age, it doesn't mean that I immediately understood everything. It was still years, years, decades of Holy Spirit. What does that mean? Holy Spirit, what are you doing? Holy Spirit, what is how? What am I supposed to do in response to that? And so we're even though I, you know, there was there was definitely something that the Holy Spirit kind of un- unlocked in in my life. Um, the the actual the, the getting to the place where that was actually something that was useful was a journey mm-hmm. and it's the same journey that we're all on is holy spirit what does this mean mm-hmm. and 
I man, there's there's a lot of things that I love about about the way God engages with his people. But for me, for me personally, the the idea that the God of the universe is made himself so accessible as to want to talk to any one of us individually, that, that the Lord would actually take time to talk, to release his voice to me. For, for me personally, there's no more intimate expression of his character and of his heart. And and because of that, the idea that any of us would miss out on that mm. just because we don't push a little bit or or get over that initial awkwardness or that initial uncertainty, the idea that any of us would miss out on the gift of his voice is uh, is tragic to me. And so... As simple as it is, just press in and ask those questions. And again, you can. Oh, there's lots of little practical things of. Oh, I'm gonna write those things down. I'm gonna steward these things. And even if I'm uncertain, you know, I don't. I don't need to pretend that I'm more certain than I am. I just okay. This is what my impression was, and stewarding that day after day. And you'll be amazed at how the Holy Spirit starts to build this understanding of what He's doing and how He operates. Oh, that's awesome. I was just also thinking, because you mentioned even as a young age, and I believe it is also probably one of the weapon of the enemy, is that uh, you also have a demonic realm. It's yeah. almost like when you, your antenna goes up because mm-hmm. you're learning the sensitivity to start to pick up signal, mm-hmm. uh, then there is also sometimes demonic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was just wondering, because I th- I'm sure that that's going to be one of the things that the enemy does to scare people mm-hmm. I've seen it especially with a lot of younger people yeah. when they are new at this so what they do is they're shutting down this beautiful gift God has given to them because they didn't know how to discern the difference oh, so yeah. do you have any advice to a lot of people that are they're stepping into this but then suddenly the enemy came to attack and as a result they're shutting down the antenna because if they don't expect too much they don't have too much disappointment so they mm-hmm. kind of just load they are lower down their antennas oh certainly yeah I, you know, I, uh, again, this, this part of my story is in the veil pretty extensively, but there was a period for about three years where I ex- experienced very severe demonic oppression where every night I was having these, uh, just these overwhelming attacks. I'd feel, I'd feel paralyzed in my bed. I would, it would take me hours to fall asleep. And it was, um, for, for about three years when I was, when I was young, mm-hmm. um, from nine to 12 years old. And I, I felt so alone. I felt like this, the, like the enemy had decided to ruin my life, um, but the, um, uh, the, the amazing thing is as I started realizing like, okay, this isn't just that the enemy decided to ruin my life. This is a gift that, that I just haven't learned how to manage yet. When, when my posture changed from, oh no, the enemy's attacked me to, no, I'm a, I'm a son who's been given a gift by my father and I just have to learn how to, how to wield it, how to use it. It completely undermined that mm-hmm. attack and, and over the course of a week, it completely stopped. Wow. And... I've been stunned as I've as I've begun to talk about this publicly, how many people have had a very similar experience. And so the the number one thing I would say is there's a there's a dramatic difference between seeing demonic things in the spirit from an earthly perspective versus seeing it from a heavenly perspective. Hmm, that's good. And I, I guarantee you, any experience you've had, anyone out there with discerning or seeing demonic things and feeling fear, feeling overwhelmed, feeling like, oh, I just want to shut this off. I just want to turn that off. I guarantee that was from an earthly perspective. Because when you see it from heaven's perspective, there's strategy, there's clarity. You 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 are seated above those things. Hmm. And it, it actually undermines that fear. And I'll, I'll share one really brief story. This is actually um, what's coming out from my, my next book. So this is an early preview. Um, but I was talking with this woman who was f- super tormented. And she had been tormented for years. And just 
this, this fear and attacks and anxiety. And even in front of me, she was starting to have a panic attack. And, um, and I said, Holy Spirit, what's going on? You know, and I looked and I saw this lampshade over her head. It was just like a, you know, like a cardboard lampshade. And there was these little shadows on it. And it looked like almost like a children's toy, like the kind of thing with the light, you know, with like puts little shadows on the thing. And it just looked this simple and it almost looked ridiculous, you know. And I was like, that's that's it. And then all of a sudden I just said, okay, Holy Spirit, what is she seeing right now? And an angel came, lifted the lampshade off her head and set it on my head. And as soon as he did that, like I, all these shadows that looked very silly from the outside, just looked like a children's mm-hmm. toy from the outside. They looked really big. They looked really overwhelming. They looked like they were swirling and, and reaching out and, and all of these things. And it was so overwhelming. And um, and so I just began to, to you know pray for the woman that, hey, this is this is a lie. This is just a trick. This is this is, well, you know, literally this is smoke and mirrors. And I think that's something that's so important is. And I, I think it's even appropriate to get a little bit angry at the enemy in this area of we don't want to be tricked into run, into running from shadows, yeah. into running from tricks of the enemy because he des- he's a defeated enemy. And mm-hmm. this is something we need to remember is that he desperately needs us to see him from just the right angle, yeah. from where the lighting's real dramatic, where, where the shadow looks really big and long. He desperately needs us to see him that way because the truth is, is that Jesus conquered conquered all of his authority on the cross mm-hmm. and and so as as christians it's just so important to remember that okay lord show me how to see this your way show me how to how to see this your way and again i know I, i've had that experience of being on the other side of that where you don't know there's so much fear there's so much anxiety you have no idea how to get out mm-hmm. but it's important to remember this this is a trick no. and i don't want to be fooled by a trick i want to i want the holy spirit to reveal truth to me and, and what I love about this is the profound good that this time, I mean, uh, the, the focus is, first of all, who your papa is and your identity as a son with the father. And it is the father's good pleasure to give his sons and daughters good gifts. And so just having a proper view of God is reflected also how you see yourself and a lot of the circumstances. So I, I think that also helps so many different people to finding that resting place and being in such a relationship because all of these things that the Father does, including the angelic, is from a relational perspective because of his love towards sons and daughters. And I think that's the uniqueness with this. It's not just pursuing gifts so that we can get all these different things and etc. No, it's pursuing a relationship relationship with someone that have so much to give and he and, and, and he reveals it in many different ways and he's teaching us how to be able to get different aspects of his face mm. and, and and these face-to-face encounters have you had uh, many face-to-face encounter with God in, uh, in in your journey yeah and that's you know that's one of the the stories that's kind of the the crescendo to to the book and I'll 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 say a kind of brief version here but I am um, you know, I, it's, it's, it's so amazing how as, as I've just grown in my relationship with God, again, I've, I've you know, I've been uh, born into a Christian family, grew up in a Christian home. And so I've, I've known God for as long as I can remember. I've known the Bible for as long as I can remember. And I, I had this experience uh, just one day at a normal church service at, at Bethel Atlanta, where, where I am. Um, at the at the end of the service, we entered into this kind of new realm of worship, and I just saw this this manifestation of the face of God enter enter the room, and it was it was so real and it was so um, 
tangibly him that I, I literally screamed and ran into the closet that was nearby <laughs> I, was, I was helping with some of the technical stuff. So I ran into our technical closet and slammed the door just because it was so overwhelming. And, and I do want to share this, this, this aspect of it just because I feel like this is, this is just so important is uh, as I was in there, I was struggling back and forth with this, I'm not supposed to see God's face or it's wrong for me to see God's face or, or I'm going to die if I see God's face. And I am... Um, I, as I was struggling with this, I, I flashed back to when I was very, very young, when I was in Sunday school as a kid, and this this uh, little girl raising her hand. I must have been in you know kindergarten at, mm. at, at this point. This little girl raised her hand in the Sunday school class and just said, you know, teacher, why why can't we you know why can't we see God? And the teacher, you know, again, I back in back from my little kid perspective, she seemed like she was, you know, this very old, wise person. You know, back when I go back to the memory, I realized she was probably nineteen years old. You know, to running a little little kids, uh, you know, Sunday school class. Um, you know, the teacher kind of paused for a moment and said, "Oh, you know, honey, God's God's just so big and so powerful that if you saw him, you would you would die." You know. And in that moment of like, am I allowed to see this? Should I see this? Should I look away? Should I look at him? I just had this revelation. Again, I didn't have all the theology yet. That that came later. Mm-hmm. But I had this realization that, okay, I don't know if this is right or wrong, but I know the first time that I heard that I wasn't supposed to see God, it wasn't the Lord that told me. It was a person mm-hmm. that told me. And in that moment, I just realized, okay, I'm going to, he's here. And I'm. And if he's here, I'm going to look at him, yeah. you know? And, and that's really the beauty of it and I think that's the beauty of the whole story and that's to me even the 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 story the epic if you will of that we see in scripture from from Adam to Jesus and to 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 the time after that it's a story of God redeeming that relationship of inviting us back in of and again I I just have to say the story because this is one of my favorites of that moment when when Jesus died on the cross again in Matthew it tells us the very moment that he died that veil in the temple that separated the Holy of Holies, that separated the, the place where the Ark of the Covenant was stored, the place that represented the, the presence of God, that, that it was dangerous to go in there, that the priest only went in there during certain special times. That veil, the moment Jesus died, ripped opened. And it wasn't the moment Jesus rose from the dead. It wasn't the moment he ascended. It was the moment he died. It, it to me it just evokes this picture of a father that was pressing against the division between man and himself, pressing against it, waiting for the moment that he could burst forth and be with his people and reveal himself and and be present with his people in the way that he he desperately wanted from the beginning again, and and I just again I, we can go into the, the 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 biblical side of it more, but it's it's again to me it's just this it's this picture again of. Oh, it's not that I have a, a right to to be invited in. In it's not that oh well I deserve to to see his fates. It's that he crossed the gap and invited us in. Yeah. That he crossed the threshold. That he paid the highest price so that he so that he could be present with us. That he could invite us in. And again, to me, that's that's what the whole point of the book is. Yeah, I was wondering because one of the things I've said about healing and some other things is that. I believe the biggest reason people are not praying for healing is not because they don't believe it, that they are cessationist or perhaps liberal. Mm-hmm. It is especially from a spirit-filled perspective. It's just the pain. What if they don't get healed? Yeah. So what 
what people have done is they've lowered their expectations so yeah. they don't have to live with disappointments. So there's a certain fear that people are going with in regard to what if I go to that person, have faith, and it doesn't happen, and yeah. they roll them in the wheelchair. And we all, anyone in, in healing ministry, we have experienced that yeah. many, many times. Uh, so I'm just also asking the same thing in the seeing. What are some of the hindrances uh, just for the ordinary people like myself or other people where it, it stops us? It can be shame, guilt, fear. But what are some of those hindrances? Or, or is it a worldview that we have towards God? Or is it theology? Or yeah. what stops people? Because we do know this is something that the Father, scripturally speaking, is inviting people into. Yeah. And it is not just a, somebody won the lottery like Moses in Exodus 33 mm -hmm. and etc. So... How, how can we make this available for the average believer? And what would be some of those things that we could perhaps look at and get rid of so that we can realize that you don't have to live pre-veil, but post-veil? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, now I, one thing that was fascinating to me, and I'll just say this as briefly as possible, is I, I went to a church from, from 12 years old to 19 years old that, that believed in healing, and we'd, we'd pray for healing, we'd go after it, but we didn't, didn't see a lot of breakthrough. And... And at that time, I just kind of developed this theology. No one really taught it to me, but I just, through experience, that I guess healing is just tricky. I guess it's, you know, just kind of delicate. I guess maybe you just have to get it just right. Or, you know, again, I just, this is just the conclusions I was coming to. And during that time, you know, I've, I've even though I've always seen in the spirit, um, there, there have always been things that I'm seeing with greater clarity as time goes on. So mm -hmm. sometimes the first time I see something, it's blurry or I, you know, or I can't really see the details. And every time we'd pray for healing, it would just be blurry. It would be unclear. It would be, I, I couldn't see the details. I could see that something was happening, but I couldn't see what, you know? And it's like my, my eyes couldn't focus on it quite. And and I went through some journeys, some painful ones, where I, where I had a, a close friend of mine pass away from leukemia, and we were mm. really contending for breakthrough for him. Our whole church was, and, you know, didn't, didn't get that breakthrough, and, you know, some big disappointments there. And, um... Now, when I went to Bethel, a place where there's so many healing testimonies, where, where we're seeing so many breakthroughs, I, I, um, I was you know, honestly a little bit skeptical, just that, oh, there's so many of these testimonies, but healing's a delicate thing. Healing's something that you have to get it just right, you know, that, that maybe, maybe God doesn't want to heal people sometimes. You know, again, I didn't, I didn't know. Uh, how could these people be having all these testimonies? And as I began to hear this message over and over again, as I heard all of these testimonies, as I hear Bill Johnson talk about his history and his journey with, with, with pursuing healing, as I begin to feed from these mothers and fathers who, who had walked these paths again and again and again, I could feel that faith begin to build in me, begin to grow in me. And the amazing thing was, and I, I remember my, my very first day, going on the prayer line as a Bethel student and, and praying for healing for someone, there was this person with a, with a sore back and I, I saw something in the spirit on them, but it was blurry again. And I was feeling scared. I was feeling disappointed. I, I remembered what happened with my friend, you know, and I was scared to, to trust. And, and even the Holy Spirit asked, asked me, you know, please, you know, why aren't you looking in the spirit? Because at first I wasn't. And I realized that for me to decide to look in the spirit to see, okay, what are you doing right now? That was me putting my hope in this person being healed. And I realized I was scared to do that because of what had happened in, the, in my history. Um, and, and I, but I also realized that if I didn't try, if I didn't push, if I didn't go for it, then e and even if I ended up being disappointed by not going and doing it, I was 
choosing to stay in a hopeless state. I was choosing to keep that broken hope broken mm-hmm. and where it was. That that I couldn't. That that I, I realized that the only cure for hope to ver- deferred is being willing to take the risk mm-hmm. to hope again. Yeah. And so in that moment, I said, "Okay, Holy Spirit," and and I looked in the Spirit. It was blurry at first, and but then. I, I it began came clear and I saw exactly how I was supposed to pray and the person got healed mm. and and so from that point on what was really fascinating is every time I've ever seen any Christian pray for someone else to be healed I see the healing present mm. I see it there now of course not every single person that, that I pray for the, or the other people pray for gets healed but every single time 100% of the time the healing is present mm. And so two things I want to I wanna just unpack real quick is I couldn't see those things every time before. They were blurry. And that was because my belief system was healing is delicate. Maybe God doesn't want to heal. I was, I was literally resisting mm. seeing what was truly there. And, and by feeding from fathers who had had the victories in this area, by helping that build up my faith and build up. And that didn't happen instantly. That was several months of, of hearing this over and over and over again and choosing to receive it. And again, it wasn't a moment. It was something that built up. That began to give me the courage to put some faith on it. And, and, and ever since then, I've always seen that healing available. Mm. Now, sometimes it's really clear why a healing isn't happening. I remember this one time I was playing, praying for this woman and she had um, uh, fibromyalgia. She had extreme pain in different parts of her body. And as we were talking, she this story of um, her husband having recently left her for a younger woman and it being a real messy, painful situation kept coming up. And even though that was an unjust situation, I could tell that this, this seed of bitterness was... Mm-hmm. And again, you didn't need to see it in the spirit to see that. You could hear it in her voice. You could see it in, in, in her heart. And as we, were, um, as we were praying for this healing... I saw um, this angel standing next to her with a green fire in its hand. And as we prayed, the angel extended its hand towards the woman. But as soon as it got within one inch of the woman, the flame extinguished. And so it pulled its hand away and the flame ignited again. And so we prayed a second time and again as as the angel extended its hand, the flame extinguished. And after the, the third attempt, the angel actually started to weep. And so again, you know, I, I, I was... I think I was maybe 20 years old at the time and, and you know, I didn't necessarily feel totally equipped to go there with this, this woman, but I made an attempt. I said, Hey, you know, have you ever thought about walking through forgiveness, you know, with your husband? And she had a very strong reaction to that. And it's like, how, how could I forgive that? You know, and this, this, this you know, this sort of reaction. And as she said that the, the angel said, um, the father would provide for even that miracle as well. If you would let him. And again, so sometimes there's times where it's clear that, that bitterness, that unforgiveness, that, that, and again, I, I don't even think you need to have that strong of discernment when those things are going on, yeah. that it's so clear. It's so, uh, it, it is aggressively rejecting what God is trying to release. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those, those moments for me seem very, very clear. There's other times where it's, it's such a mystery mm-hmm. that there's, I've been in situations where we're praying and, and, I, I see healing flowing in the room and I don't see anything. I don't discern anything that would be blocking this healing, but we pray and it doesn't happen. There's times I can think of times when, when I'm having a bad attitude, I'm super tired. I have a headache. I'm not feeling full of faith and I get with my hand within five inches of someone and boom, they get, get healed, healed yeah. you know, and I'm like, that was the, 
oh, you have little faith. That was me in that, in that case. And the Holy Spirit just did it, you know. And so to me, what it is, is what I've seen every time is that healing is available. Yeah. And if we're willing to, to engage with that mystery and know that, okay, it's our Father's will to heal, that he sent his son to pay for mm-hmm. every healing, then I'm willing to engage that mystery and figure out what pathways he created to release that healing. And are we going to get some misses? Are we going to have some disappointments along the way? Probably. But the greater disappointment and the greater miss would be to not pursue those things, which again, as I said, is is choosing to live in this state of, of hopelessness. Hmm. And so... Yeah, I was just thinking about you mentioned uh, in a season when you were pursuing that you you leaned your heart or you started to look at fathers or other people that had breakthrough in that area. Yeah. And as, as a result of that, something started to happen with yourself uh, as you were pursuing. Yeah. And then I was also thinking about now you yourself, you have a veil, profound good. You have some tools, some mm-hmm. teachings, messages, and I know your heart and I know what you're doing. So my my question would be, what would be some of the things, like for an average person that is out there, people that want to, and I know they can come to you and to pursue and to go through this, what are some some of the best ways? If you take profound good, what would be some of the best ways that you will encourage somebody? Of course, the first thing you have to, to buy it, and then <laughs> in the next moment, then you start to read it. But what would be some practical ways where people can get the nutrients out of this? So this is not just going to be another book, but it's going yeah. to be a revelation that leads to impartation and an activation so that they can experience what you experience in regard to healing and yeah. to see a shift happening. Because I know that's your desire, and, oh, and, yes. and that's what happened with me as I started to read, uh, read the script of this book, as oh, I had yeah. a, in, the joy of doing the endorsement. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it, to me, there's a couple things that you can do. And what, number one is, you know, obviously just stirring up the conversation between you and the Holy Spirit. Of whenever, and this is whatever gift, whatever book you're reading, you know, if you're reading one of Leif's books, if you're reading uh, Sean Bowles' books, you know, and anyone is is, you know, okay, I want to read this with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, what are you saying through this person? What what pieces of this person's life are you snapping off and handing to me mm-hmm. and and actively engaging with Holy Spirit, what is it, what are you what are you awakening in me right right now as I'm reading this? The other thing too is is put it into practice. Put it into practice and I I I don't think that you're going to grow in this or any other gifting very quickly unless you can start finding a way to activate it in and around other people mm-hmm. we really need a, a group of people and i think it's so so important and you know I, I love when i hear stories of people you know uh reading my books or other people's books in in like a like a book group and then practicing these activations together it's so powerful to have people to run with you know mm-hmm. one of the one of the things i do here at bethel atlanta is i'm the um I'm the director of uh, our school of ministry, Bethel Atlanta School of Supernatural Ministry, and I, I, you know, I was so excited to be the part of the school out here um, after I graduated uh, school of ministry in in Reading, um, because I got to experience the benefit of running with other people who are hungry to see more of God, mm. and I got to and so enjoy the experience of of putting myself around people who are gonna. Who, who I can pull forward when I'm ready to run and who can pull me forward when I'm when 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 they're ready to run and I might be tired that 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 benefit of of running with people who are hungry yeah. is 
is is it's there's nowhere else you can get it and i think it's by design because yeah. i think god wants us to have this in, this interchange and so to me that's the number one way there's there's great you know little practical activations in in, in the book to to kind of do together and mm-hmm. and and work together with it but I, again i would say this is true of any book if the the quickest that you can put it into action that's when it's going to be something that 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 becomes personal. Again, I would say this about all of all of Leif's books as well. That if you don't just sit there and read it, and well, that's really nice or that's really good. Like even even I would say if you if something strikes you in the middle of you reading, set down that book and start declaring that over your life. Come partner on. with the Holy Spirit on that. Like this is we don't want to be passive in the way that we're pursuing what God has for us. And so the the moment something takes life in you, just put it into practice as quick as possible and find like-minded people because they'll just accelerate you. And we have a fun experience here uh, in the office because we had a guy that somehow somebody told about the Call to Rain book. Mm-hmm. He read it and he got transformed and he put this into practice and then he shared with somebody else and eventually came in and got a box and brought that to his friends and workplace and then got another box and another. And it's just been an ongoing thing. So this whole movement has happened just from one person wow. that started to put it into the action and people started to see the transformation in his life and then transform people, transform people. Yeah. So I totally agree with you that it, it makes it contagious, but it does something also for you when you get to run with other people and in one moment that's the same we some of them are running in front of you that gets you to run a little faster yeah and i learned that when i was going to do jogging for a little while that yeah. i i ran with some people and but they kind of motivated me they were in front of me so they got me to run much more than what i did if i was by myself oh, totally. and i think that's why it's important to have a family or community that we can run around Mm-hmm. What are you dreaming of yourself uh, these days? And I know you, you're here, you have family, uh, actually, even while you're here. So thank you so much for coming. I know you guys are expecting another one. So there's more yes. this incredible <laughs> church growth that is taking place as, <laughs> as more and more people are just, uh, yeah, we have all these beautiful babies that are coming into mm-hmm. our community and, and it is so exciting. But what is your dream now? I, I know you're developing more books. You are on the yeah. front cover of Charisma. Congratulations yeah. <laughs> for this uh, this last one. Oh, and now you. you're getting invited to go out traveling more. You have the books. and So what would be some of your dream in regard to what you have done here and you have practiced it here in our community, in our church, as well as you starting to speak more in other places? Yeah. Yeah. My my number one dream for for really everything that I do is I want I want everything that I do to invite people into a deeper relationship with God. Yeah. And that, that was something that, that's a big part of my, just my personal story and my personal revelation is, again, I, I grew up in the church and was very fortunate from, from a relatively young age to run into other hungry people mm. that showed me, oh, there's a little bit more, there's a little bit more. And then I'd run into more people who would push me to, oh, there's a little bit more. I can have a little bit more of who he is. I can have a deeper relationship. I can have a more real relationship. And so I'm, I'm very excited to have the opportunity to travel around and to, to invite people into, hey, here's what, some, here's what more can look like. Mm-hmm. And here's how you can begin to activate more in your life. And, and as well, you know, I love, love uh, having the opportunity to lead our school of ministry here. To, to, there, there's something about people who have been willing you know we have a nine-month school that's you know monday and tuesday nights and it's a pretty big commitment Mm. but i i i genuinely feel so privileged to have the opportunity to to teach to partner with to to run with people who are willing to sacrifice some time to sacrifice some money 
to pursue more of what God has for Come them. On. And it, it genuinely, every single year we do the school, feels like such a privilege to get to speak to people who would choose to pay a price mm-hmm. to pursue what God has for them. And the thing that I'm excited about most right now is I, f- I feel that we are in a, um, in a season, in a, in a stage of the church where there is... Um, where we're going to see revival not only in the church, but in areas beyond the church, that we're going to begin to see what revival looks like in, in, in businesses, in schools, in government, in education, in, in art. Because when people get, get, have an encounter with God, when they grow, when they begin to see there's more, there's more, there's more, they realize that whatever areas of passion they have, whether they're passionate about business, passionate about art, passionate about education, government, whatever areas that they're they're driven by, that God has actually equipped them to bring him to those places, to bring revival to those places, to bring the kingdom of God to those places. And I'm I'm so excited because when when we we step into this reality that he's inviting us into more, he's inviting us into more, then we become an encounter for other people. We invite them into more. And that's just that's just a beautiful, exciting thing for right. me. That's awesome. I'm interested, practically speaking, what is some of the best ways we can get hold of this book? We're going to yeah. make sure at least that people know both to our newsletter and everything else. But yeah. do you have a website, Blake? Yeah, so my, my personal website is just blakekhealy.com. Uh, the, the school website is BethelAtlantaSchool.com if you're interested in checking that out. And the, uh, both Profound Good and The Veil are available wherever books are sold. So on Amazon, uh, there's audio versions on uh, Audible and uh, physical CD versions also available on Amazon. But they're also in, in, uh, in bookstores wherever. I was impressed. I listened to some of the Audible yesterday because oh, yeah. this is stretching me. A lot of people have asked me to do it. And I listened to you and oh, your yeah. own voice and you did it yourself. I and, did. Yeah, I read it myself. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was super fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you took, a, I think it was like four and a half hours. So that's mm-hmm. not a long time if you break it down. And I've yeah. started to listen more also to Audible book. Yeah. Instead of sitting in the car and listening to CNN, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I try to do five, ten minutes of news on the top of the hour and then turn it off. Yeah. Just so I'm having an awareness of what's going on, but I don't want to feed myself with a lot of bad news. And yeah. then I put in an audible book, and, uh, oh, yeah. and I think uh, Profound Good will be a phenomenal way also for people to just start to do that uh, mm-hmm. when you get ready in the morning on the car on the way to work, and they don't have to waste a whole lot of time. Oh, totally. Yeah, that's, I, I, am, uh, I have four kids, and I'm about to have a fifth kid, so <laughs> I don't have time to sit down and read, but I do have time to throw in a book in my ears when I'm, when I'm doing dishes or something like that, and it's... Yeah, I love it, and it was it was really fun to make that available as yeah. well. So yeah, so just put it very clearly because I do want the invitation, and I encourage everyone. One of the reasons I have Blake here, one of them, I do know Blake, and for the last eight nine years we've been around each other, and and we are in community together here, part of the same church. I've been watching Blake, and just even to see this gift, uh, including in my own life, what it has meant. So part of the reason I wanted our family, our families to be able to is when somebody bring a special sauce to the family table, I want everyone to taste of that Mm -hmm. and something that we can go through. And I I want to challenge 
and myself and all of us that, that we can get an upgrade that, that Blake is bringing something that can add value to all of us as a community and family so I do want to challenge all of us and, and also communicate with me some of your experiences and some of the things that you do in your small group and activations that that can add value to us as, as you're going on this journey so uh, just give us again clarity one more time how people can get hold of this because I, I do want them to get it yeah yeah, so the, the book is available on Amazon and bookstores everywhere. Um, there's a digital audio version on audible.com as well as CDs on, on Amazon. And uh, my personal website is blakekhealy.com. There's also a, um, a speaker request there if you'd like me to come share at your church or, or something like that. There's also a contact area there if, if you wanted to share your story or, or anything of that nature as well. Uh, that's beautiful. And one more thing, and uh, because I, I wouldn't want to leave here. I learned that from Sid Roth a long time ago, a few times when I've been on his program. I'm like, uh, I, I see Sid is so hungry, and I said, I'm going to be the same way. Every time I meet someone that has something that I want, I want them to, of course, to pray for me, mm -hmm. uh, pray for our office and our people that are here, mm -hmm. but also everyone that are listening here. Mm -hmm. If you could also just release and, uh, just a fresh impartation and just to, to pray for us that even that all of us is going to be aware a little bit more of uh, seeing how good he is, how yeah. profound good he is. Yeah. But also, especially I, it stirred in me that that personal angel, just being aware of the Holy Spirit in our life and being aware of some of the things that God is giving us on a daily basis mm. to be able to see more how good he is and how loved people are. So if you could pray for us. Uh, and I, I'm just ready to receive. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Lord, I just, we just we just invite your presence right now, and I just um, I just release an awakening on everyone in this office, but also everyone listening right now that that their eyes would be released to see what their father is doing. That they are designed to recognize the work of their father's hand, and I just I just release their eyes to be opened. That they would see in the spirit with their physical eyes, that they would have impressions, visions, a still small voice that, that is making them aware of what's happening in the spirit realm, what they're releasing, what 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 effect their prayers, their intercession, their their worship is having, that 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 the children of God would not be would not be ignorant of of the effect that they are having on, on their cities, on their churches, on their families. And I just release that awareness right now in the name of Jesus Christ and just say, arise, that you have been invited in. You have been invited in to know the infinite God, to know the unknowable God, to know a God that is so big, that is so powerful, that, that only his invitation could give us access. But I just release that permission that invitation mm. and just release the truth that he paid for that invitation with the highest price that he possibly could. Mm. And I just re release that in Jesus name that you would see angels, that you would see the moves of God, pre God's presence and that there would be a crystal clear um, access to the voice of the Holy Spirit that, that will tell you everything about what you're seeing and how to connect with it, to respond to it and to release it on other people. In Jesus' name, amen. And Father, I just want also to bless Blake and April, and especially these days as mm -hmm. they're just expecting their number five, that all of us, we were just surrounded around them just with a prayer. And I just also want to bless even just this gift that you have given to the body of Christ. I ask that it's going to be well received and it's going to be well steward. 
and I just even seeing just the pleasure of the Father looking at you, Blake, and mm. that you have steward. He gave you a seed, and that seed has become a tree, and it's about to be a forest. So I thank you, Father, even as people in Switzerland and other places, as I just started to share about that, there was such a hunger just for this gift to be able to be placed at the bigger family table so the people could taste and see how good God is. So Father, I just thank you now for everyone that is listening here, including myself. We are hungry and we are hungry for more. So Father, just, just open up our eyes, open up our hearts, help us to be able to see, to see your face so that we can see ourselves, and the way we see everything else will change. I just bless that in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen.